Hey guys, before we get started, I just want to let you know I have a live show coming up in San Francisco, June 29th. It is politically themed, but I guarantee you you're going to have a good time even if you hate politics. Get your tickets now. bit.ly slash px3june. That is bit.ly slash px3june. Enter into your phone, get your tickets. They're cheap, 18 bucks, easy peasy. Come on out to the historic Piano Fight Theater that is June 29th at 7 p.m., a Saturday. Doing a Saturday show for the first time ever. It's going to be great. And also, if you're on the fence or maybe you're thinking about coming in, it's Pride Weekend in San Francisco that weekend. Always an absolute blast. Big, big fun to be had. So come on out, see me on Saturday night. Go to the parade on Sunday. If you've never been out for SF Pride, you're going to have a fun time. All right. Well, I don't know. What does my brother say? Hey, everyone. Justin's nephew, Jackson, wants to tell you where to go if you want to support the show. Pay. Jury. Daily. Dot com. Nailed it. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Jury Daily. Jury Daily, a show in which yours truly, Justin Robert Young, gives you a tour through my brain. We're going to talk a lot about Taylor Swift today. I don't know what my fascination with Taylor Swift is. I think that she's a very interesting character in our pop culture landscape and, and she has been somebody that's been very old school when it comes to her pop celebrity. You know, she is certainly out there on social media, but very much in a surface kind of way. Not to say that most, you know, any social media these days are particularly honest or real, but but uh, I don't know. There was just, you know, she was like reserved in her politics for a long time. We're going to get into all of it, but I don't know why that me as a 36-year-old man has a uh, uh, obsession with Taylor Swift. But I, I have a lot to say about Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift has a new song and a new video. We're going to talk about it. But before we get to that, I want to revisit some stuff that we talked about yesterday, specifically a few rumors. I, I would say probably the official ombudsman of uh, this particular uh, show is my friend, Anthony, who uh, uh, I've been friends with since high school. And uh, uh, every once in a while, when he feels that I have overstepped my bounds, when he feels that I'm telling a story from the past in which he was either a part or present, and I'm misrepresenting history, he feels that he must speak for the trees, for the trees have no tongues. He has to make sure that the record is corrected. And lo, I got a blistering series of text messages today, effectively saying... You have lied to your audience. Here's how I lied to my audience. And I have some some pushback, but he says that there it is it is 
incorrect to state that for public school kids in Florida, there would be a yearly trip to Disney. Now, this is something that I don't, uh, uh, the more I thought about it after he challenged me on it, I thought I remembered doing it once a year in elementary school, but then again, like, I don't know exactly how much. I mean, I was only in Florida elementary school for third, fourth, and fifth grade. And to be totally honest with you, a lot of it just blends together. It was a long goddamn time ago. Middle school, now that I think about it, middle school, there was not a lot of sponsored trips to Disney. I don't think I ever remember now in middle school going. But high school, I do remember, I can think of different trips that I'm pretty sure were either organized through a school, uh, some function of school. It wasn't like school-wide. It wasn't like, all right, everybody in ninth grade goes. But it was through either certain clubs or departments. For certain groups, you would get trips to Disney. Including, and I don't know how much I've talked about it, but there, uh, 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 four years of my high school, all four years of my high school Experience were spent in a Renaissance Recreation Club called the Paladin Society. And I definitely remember going to Orlando with them once. So there's one. I think I remember going to Epcot for a social studies thing once. I don't know. So maybe it was two out of four years. I will I will cop to that. I will cop to the fact that I didn't want to misrepresent people and think that, oh, this was just a thing that happened with regularity and everybody in Florida public school went to Disney every year. All right. That, that's probably a misstatement. I'm willing to cop to that. But he also said that he remembered hearing the Marilyn Manson rumor, but not the stomach full of cum rumor. Which, considering the fact that I did not know who the stomach full of cum was, and I, I, I remember that it was a repurposing of an old rumor, but I did not remember who the modern person was. So I want to give a gigantic, gigantic hat tip to Stuart Moore at AT underscore and then the word underscore. He says, I'm about four years younger than you, but we had the Marilyn Manson story, but the stomach pump, the stomach full of cum. So the stomach full of cum is something that is still there. The stomach full of cum exists. I, would not, I was not making that up. There is indeed a childish urban legend that states that a celebrity sucked so much dick and there was so much cum that came out of those dicks that their stomach needed to be pumped. Their well-being was in danger for fear of a, an emergency medical intervention. Except it was for rapper Lil' Kim. That it was Lil' Kim. And now it all snaps into place. So that would be more of a middle school thing, but I, I feel like that fits. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it now. Lil' Kim's studio debut was in 1996. 
I went to high school in 97, but also she was featured prominently in, in, in Junior Mafia. And I remember Junior Mafia being a big thing uh, uh, in 94. So yeah, that would put it solidly in middle school for me. Lil' Kim, provocateur, very attractive lady, but certainly a trailblazing female rapper along with like Foxy Brown and Missy Elliott. But uh, both Foxy Brown and Lil' Kim certainly play their sexuality uh, to the fore. So that would make sense. That would make sense. In fact, I, bet, I wonder if I search the internet. Shit, if I search the internet for this, you think I'm going to find anything? Hold on. Okay, here we go. I'm typing in it and I'm Googling it right now. Lil Kim stomach. Oh, it doesn't autocomplete. It doesn't autocomplete. Pumped. Lil celebrity stomach pump and urban legend. Oh my god. All right, so here we go. All the all the versions of this myth. This is from liveabout.com. You may be interested to know that uh, uh, you might have heard the legend about Rod Stewart passing out on stage. He was subsequently taken to the hospital and has his stomach pump. From within his stomach, they allegedly siphoned many ounces of fresh semen enough to fill a pint glass. You may be interested to know that the precisely same story, give or take a pint or two, has been told of the following musicians. Elton John, David Bowie, Mick Jagger, John Bon Jovi, Alanis Morissette, Britney Spears, and Lil' Kim, to name a few. The origin of this story dates back to the early 70s, when seemingly every high school or college campus around the United States could claim a promiscuous cheerleader who, rumor has it, was rushed to the emergency room to have her stomach pump after servicing the entire football or basketball team at a party. Meanwhile, Rod Stewart apparently wrote about this in his autobiography in 2012. I have never orally pleasured a solitary sailor, wrote Rod, let alone a ship's worth in one evening. I have never had my stomach pumped, either of the naval issue semen or any other kind of semen, nor of anything else for that matter. I am glad that we were able to get to the bottom of this very important investigation. Taylor Swift has a new video out. It's called You Need to Calm Down. This is really her, her, her first foray into political, politically active songwriting. As I said before, she has uh, kept herself very apolitical. Now, now, she's kept herself very dramatic. She's kept herself uh, very much in the public eye because she talks about her relationships and she talks about her beefs and her, and her music. She kind of is a lot like Beyonce. Taylor Swift and Beyonce are alike in this one respect. That they're kind of very pro wrestling. Where they don't they don't give away the beef for free often. So it's like everybody kind of knew that Beyonce had gotten into a fight with Jay-Z on an elevator. And then she drops an entire album about it. And it's like, yeah, you have to pay for the privilege to hear about my thoughts 
on whether or not I was cheated on and whether or not our relationship is is still together. That was lemonade, right? Taylor Swift is like, oh, I'm going to date all these high-profile dudes and then I'm going to write songs about them. So you have to pay for the privilege to listen to what I have to say about my ex-boyfriends and whether or not they cheated on me and whether or not they're good guys and whether or not they're bad guys and whether or not I'm crazy. I'm going to take all your opinions and I'm going to put them in a song. Well, because she has stayed away from the larger culture war, she has has, uh, left this opportunity for, which she took, with this music video and song, you need to calm down. It's one half a very typical Taylor Swift song, uh, talking about haters being haters and stuff like that. And then it swerves into more direct uh, a Pride Month gay anthem, including lines like, you know, shouts out glad and uh, uh, says that shade never made anyone less gay. The video is a who's who of queer celebrities, including Ellen and uh, RuPaul, as well as contestants from the Drag Race program. People from uh, the internet and television. Ryan Reynolds shows up randomly. And then, uh, oh, Ellen's, did I say Ellen? Ellen, I don't know, whatever. She's really famous. She probably deserves to be mentioned twice. The one gay guy from Modern Family that's actually a gay guy, not the other one that's not a gay guy in real life. He's in the video. It takes place in a trailer park, and at some point, a mob of very uh, 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 unwashed people of Walmart-type folks uh, uh, come on in with their anti-gay signs, and they start protesting people, protesting the idyllic gay trailer park before a food fight breaks out. The big uh, the big uh, finale is the, recon- the reconciliation of Taylor Swift and Katy Perry. They uh, have been publicly feuding for many years. They now come together at the end of this song. One dressed like a burger, another dressed like fries. It is unsurprising that uh, uh, Taylor Swift's initial foray into politics, which does end with a drive to sign a petition on change.org for the equal, uh, some, uh, an equal rights uh, legislation, is hated by both the right and the left. <laughs> so here's some criticism on the right from the Federalist. You need to calm down is not a bad premise. With a dash of self-awareness, you need to calm down could have been a giant exhalation that we need right now. Collective catharsis as the grip of social media platforms designed to keep us all in conflict tightens. An easy antidote to the stresses of the virtual battle. We do need to calm down. All of us. But this won't help. Swift's lazy caricatures and pedestrian insults belong firmly to the moment at hand. So too does the video's deafening elitism. Rubbing celebrities in the faces of rubes as if their glamour was an argument in and of itself. It's not. So you assume, oh, whatever, on the right, conservative haters. 
You're the one throwing shade that indeed never made anyone less gay. Of course you hate it. Ah, shit. The Atlantic hates it too. Here's the criticism from the left. This seems like it's more about you than what you're going off about. Just like calm down. Those are lyrics from the song. This explains the headline quotable line that shade never made anyone less gay. In the video, a unwashed looking mob holds signs saying Adam plus Eve, not Adam plus Steve. In real life, pride counter protests feature yet uglier slogans. In either case, referring to such speak as shade is wild. The modern usage of throwing shade originated with queer folks of color in underground voguing scenes. It went popular through RuPaul's Drag Race and is now a ubiquitous term for petty insults. Throwing shade is a social act, a performance. It can be done out of genuine spite or, when on Drag Race, it's a reality show challenge, in good fun. There are many ways to describe a parent who disowns a trans kid, or a lawmaker who tries to nullify same-sex marriage, or a church member who crashes a gay soldier's funeral. Shady isn't one of them. So, Swift is kind of burnt from both sides on this one, but ultimately this is the danger of wading into political waters in 2019. You have to have your bona fides and you can't be a tourist. Sure, you also can't ignore the culture war like Swift tried to do for most of her career for fear that you'll be looked at as callous or complicit. I don't know. The song actually sounds like one of her best works. I mean, like, like I thought that, uh, you know, mm, look what you made me do. I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of that. I think I talked about it on this show. I wasn't a huge fan of that one. I think it's her best one since Shake It Off. But the message of the song, I agree, is muddled. You know, you can't sew these two things together and act like they belong. The haters and gossip and the Katy Perry reunion is ultimately the headline which makes the theming, I don't know, a little uncomfortable. Maybe you could have done it a little bit different and, and have the two kind of at war, that petty feuds with pop stars over backup dancers isn't as important as what is going on with her friends in terms of being persecuted by the government or society or culture and being disowned from your family and stuff like that. That would have made it a little bit more of a serious song. But then again, if you don't take the issue seriously, then why are you talking about it to begin with? Thus concludes a 36-year-old man talking way too seriously about the socio-political implications of a Taylor Swift song. Email. Oh boy, do we get more drug test stories? You can email the show, jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, jurydaily at gmail.com. Here we go. I was trying to get a better paying job, and so to do so, I needed to take a drug test. I went to take it, and I couldn't pee in the cup. I was there for an hour. Couldn't pee. Ashamed, I rescheduled for the next day and drove home. The moment I got home, I had to pee as though my life depended on it. 
The next day, knowing I had to pee in a cup after my shift at work, I woke up and didn't even do a morning pee. I went eight hours drinking a ridiculous amount of Mountain Dew and refusing to relieve myself until that test. I again go in to take the test and I still can't pee. Of course, the second I get home, I'm pissing like the, proverb the proverbial racehorse and cursing every last drop. Needless to say, I never got the job, and a friend, years later, upon hearing this story, informed me that the entire plant knew of the story of the shy pisser. Years ago, I had a roommate, uh, new, new story, years ago, I had a roommate who injured his back, and the doctor had given him a prescription for Oxycontin. Since he was unemployed and would rather smoke a little weed when the pain got too bad, he came up with a plan to sell the oxys to a guy we knew. This worked great for a couple months until the doc decided to drug test him, found out he wasn't taking his meds, and kicked him out. He later told me this was the first time that, a, that he failed a drug test for pissing clean. And our last one for today. So last year I decided to try weed for the first time and as an avid gardener I decided I would grow my own. I did, and I made some butter. I decided to try it one evening and felt nothing at all. The next morning when I woke up at 4.30 and walked to the barn for chores, I felt it. And I was a little worried about my parents noticing my strange behavior. But I kept my head down, did my chores, and avoided eye contact. Fortunately, I sobered up by the time that we were done. I have since discovered that for me, edibles takes at least two hours to have an effect. Since it's now legal here in Canada, I can grow it without being clandestine. If it helps, I'm white. And we did get a couple uh, uh, things on vaping. I'm just going to read one of them. Princess Willie writes, I wanted to drop some info on you about vaping. I'm a cigar guy who also vapes. It also seemed to me that kids uh, smoke cigarettes, uh, and they sure did. Smoking was a big deal at my school, as vaping apparently is now, because it was cool. The nicotine was never really talked about. I never heard people say that it made them feel great. Kids smoke because it was an adult thing, and, on and honestly, exhaling clouds is hella fun. I actually wonder how many kids' nicotine tests are actually going to catch. Vape shops are ever-increasing their zero-nick juice, and while I don't shop for jewel pods, I bet you that they're following the trends. As far as health concerns, the other carcinogens in cigarettes are the biggest issue, but nicotine is still part of the equation. We've seen some studies suggesting that nicotine is probably carcinogenic in vapes, though honestly it's not as car carcinogenic as other ingredients. Data is still low, but we've discovered that the flavoring chemicals used in any buttery flavored liquid is probably the worst. Artificial cinnamon flavoring is bad too, as is orange. Kiss your baked goods flavoring liquids goodbye if you don't want cancer down the line. All right. I want to thank everybody for emailing in again. You can do that by writing in to jurydaily at gmail.com. Again, that is jurydaily at gmail.com. Thank our producers, the Jen, PD Rave, non specific rock and roll Martian, Joe Acosta, well, James, the OG Brito, well, and Chris. If you would like to uh, hit me up online, you can get me at Justin R. Young on Twitter and Instagram. Get us on Discord at bit.ly slash jurydiscord. Until next time, this is your old pal Justin Robert Young asking you politely to please give a round of applause to Mr. Wacky. But more importantly, please don't.
Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>